Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Ate All the Pies. Uh, somewhat in mourning uh, this week as we start the show. Um, I will say, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm calling him out. Um, Caleb is supposed to be here, but due to his job and and just those things, he's, he works really really hard. Um, he is not. He's he's got his notifications off, so I'm sure he has a very very good reason for that. But so he might hop in halfway through the show. Um, I am Adam, your host, by the way, of We Ate All the Pies. Uh, so Caleb, we might hear from Caleb later, later. I hope we do. I've got some topics that I'd like to hear his input on. Um, but to start, we do have uh, someone who knows quite well what happened this weekend and is ready to just pour his heart out all over, um, I don't know, your headset. That sounded wrong. Anyways, Jordan's here. Hi, Jordan. Uh, commiserations, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I'm I'm actually tearing up again. Um, oh, don't do thinking that. Thinking about. No, uh, well, I've already cried. Once, I've already I've already cried once this weekend. Uh, um, it was it was just a game where we a match where we came up against a better team, which I fucking hate to say that. Yeah. Uh, because part of the reason why I actually picked Newcastle to finish above Manchester United in the league table and uh, um, made the bet with my coworker was because of the dysfunction at the club over the past decade or so in trying to regain what was lost when Sir Alex Ferguson retired. And unfortunately... I am loathe to say this. They have it back. Yeah, they that, are it, yeah. the they are the they are the 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 cock of the walk again. Now, I will say, on their day, I think Manchester City is a better overall team just because of the quality of players, not only in the starting eleven, but in the actual in the twenty-two. Um when they could go to their bench. Um, but Casemiro is an absolute game changer. Yeah. I do not understand how Real Madrid let him walk. Um, that's a really, yeah, that's, that's a topic within itself. I think we'll have to talk about that sometime, but yeah, prob- I mean, pro- probably the best holding midfielder on earth. Yeah. Um, I really think, uh, even though I, I, I made, I made jokes about his height and how, you know, how could the, fi- a five nine, uh, you know, center back be considered the butcher of Amsterdam. Lissandro Martinez is a very effective center back. Um, he is good in the air for his size. Um, and honestly, I think being at being five foot nine, he does tend to have an advantage in terms of how he uses his body against bigger players. You know. You put yourself in a position to, you know, to, you know, blo- you know, block paths and, uh, you know, uh, break up play. You're going to get a foul called for you. It's just a simple matter of physics. Yeah. Um, be- because of just the, you know, the subjective nature of, you know, uh, uh, uh fouls in, in all sports, really, it's going to be, it's going to go to the favor of the smaller player for the most part, unless it's just truly egregious. And, uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, you know, this might actually be a topic for, uh, you know, when we get into the summer, 
has Marcus Rashford, Rashford in terms of the England, uh, you know, uh, England lineup eclipse Kane as the number one striker. Um, but no, going back to Sunday, we just got outplayed by a better team. Um, it's awfully big of you to, to admit. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of think I kind of think coming out of the month of January. Uh, as we as we got as we've got gotten through February and started March today, happy March first. Um, Newcastle, in its current form, has reached a pla- has reached a plateau of performance. It's just they do not have the depth in multiple positions to win a win a cup. Or compete at the, the the top top end of the table. Yeah, I still think we I, I, I we're still in a shout for top four. I can't I, I can't put that beyond us just because you know we've I think we've matched our points totals for like every year I've been a fan like this early in the season. Literally, I think unless maybe like the Europa League year with uh you know Ben Arfa, Kabai, Cisse, Dimaba, Colacini. Uh, that team, I think we've matched. But I think we matched the points totals for every other team, every other year, like at this point in the season, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we just need, we just frankly need more investment, and I, I think that's coming. I, I kind of think maybe expectations, you know, from the beginning of the seasons, kind of gotten a little bit inflated just because of. of how uh, you know well practiced this team looked looked and how uh, cohesive this team played together, but we just don't have the depth to truly you know well uh, you know play with the big boys. So so I, I hear this is this is good. I, I think this is a positive reaction for you, Jordan. I know you said you were you were off you were very sad, but obviously you know. Oh no, I cried. But, but... Like I said, I cried. <laughs> I, I cried Sunday. Like I watched, I, as soon as that Marcus Rashford goal went in in the 39th minute, I was, I was tearfully resigned to the fact that we're not going to come back in two goal, two goals down. Yeah, we just don't have it. One goal, different story, but two down before halftime, we just do not have what it takes to 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 claw that deficit back. So, uh, so. Yeah. So, but I, but I, I like the, I think the points you're making are good. I, I like the what you're saying here. So, if, for those of you who don't know, Jordan asked that, that we play uh, a, a, the what's it? Everybody hurts by REM. By REM. Yeah, yeah. I don't yes. know if we have the license quite for that, but I did want to do something for you, uh, Jordan, because you know it's a big occasion. You made the the League Cup final. You know, you're you're up here. You whether whether it feels like it or not, you are now up with the big boys. I think. I think Newcastle has arrived and they're there. And so what I want to do for that is, is commemorate this occasion by bringing somebody here who I think would, would love to hear what you're saying about Manchester United directly and, and would, would love to be able to have this conversation with you. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, you know him as Devo, our resident Manchester United fan, Devin is here, he is on the line, and he is ready to talk the League Cup with you, Jordan. I know I said he wasn't here. I lied. I'm sorry. Devin, please welcome to the show. Adam, <laughs> thanks for having me. 
thank you for having me. Uh, Jordan, uh, goodness. Um, thanks for uh, taking, oh, I think it was about 24 hours to respond to my message. Uh, and you honestly, cried. Dev, De- honestly, honestly, Devin, uh, you're lucky I didn't cuss you out on, on, on Facebook Messenger because I wanted none of any shenanigans from any Manchester United fans that day. I, uh, I honestly would have fought someone in the moment. I was that upset, just that upset. There was, there was uh, so, so many things that I could have done. <laughs> I, I, I dialed it back for you. I dialed it back. I figured, just like you said, you, you had tears. I figured you were sobbing. Like, um, that was it. That was your, that was the only trophy. Um, <laughs> he's still aware that Newcastle could have gotten so. Yes, wow. no, I, I, I fully understand that, Devin. And no, you're you're right. It was it was a rough day. It it, it got worse later in the afternoon, uh, because <laughs> because I had to watch my wife watch the Mavs blow a twenty five point lead against the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh yeah, Lakers. I, saw, I saw the end of that. That wasn't fun. And, and so at the end of that, at like four thirty, she just went. She wanted to go to bed. Like she was literally just like that upset with that game and <laughs> I actually kind of I actually kind of yelled at her a little bit and said hey well hold on here you need to uh, you need to fucking suck it up okay this is just a regular season game you just saw me cry watching a cup final on my Kindle and uh, I'm out here with you so you know you're out here with me um, we're sharing this misery together no it was a rough Sunday and um, uh, <laughs> I, what, what, I, I figured Jordan was what, about to turn his, his wrath on me. No, no. Uh, Adam, first of all, I knew he was going to be on the pod because when when you Skype call when you Skype call the group, it shows oh, sorry. who's on the call. And it had Devin on the call the whole fucking time. So that's why I asked you three hey, podcasts. I was like, oh, listen, I know Devin's for a fact here? I know for a fact he wasn't on the whole entire time because I told him to wait until later in the show to pop on. And then I saw him pop on, and I thought, oh, I hope Jordan doesn't see that. I was just going to play it off like, oh, no, this is just the wrong call. He's out at a recruiting event. But you never said anything, so I didn't get to break out that lie. But, um, but yeah. No, I just I, – I thought it would be – I thought it would be pleasant. I do want to ask, though, real quick. Um, you know, Jordan has kind of mentioned how he feels like Newcastle has, has reached the plateau. And, you know, we all knew this was – going to happen this is the process of building a team you need time to not only build up your starters but now they've got to build back and again get these players in that are role players different things like that it's going to take some time it's okay uh but i do want to ask you Devin. you know this is um kind of a, a big time for manchester united initially it looked like it wasn't going to work with eric ten hog there were people who were just like oh this here we go again this is the same same story over and over and over again bring a new guy in he brings his new players in they underperform and the the mess that is this main United squad continues to get deeper, but they've turned it around and they've got their silverware. Um, first time I think since 2017, I think is is the first time the Manchester United have won a trophy. Um, 20, 2017. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, when Mourinho was still there. So we're talking a couple of managers ago. How are you feeling as as a United fan? I mean, is this does this compare to the days of Sir Alex Ferguson? Are we not there yet? Where? Give me your your thoughts on on sort of where you are. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for for starters, I mean, Jordan. I know just to, to go back to it, Jordan. I know it was a 
I know it was a tough loss and everything. I mean, I think, you know, Newcastle showed in the first 20, 25 minutes what they can do um, and how they stay and, and the reason why they were there. Um, and I think slowly after that, um, just kind of falling off a little bit of momentum and uh, United getting those two goals. I mean, that's they're just clinical in front of goal right now. Um, so it was unfortunate, but, uh, you guys made it all the way. So you gotta be proud about that. Uh, as far as United goes, Adam, um, I mean, I think, I think you're starting to see glimpses of, I think you're starting to see glimpses of, uh, the Fergie days. Um, now, uh, 1999 is when he kind of turned, turned the team around. Um, when things were kind of getting back on track, he was he was in a tough spot as well um, when he first got there, where um, he wasn't quite sure he was gonna actually um, keep his job. Um, so you know that's going through all these managers and trying to figure it out. Um, like I've said from the start, since Eric Ten Hag has been hired, he is a smart coach. He is going to do really good things. You have to trust the process and you have to move it along. But I think you're you're starting to see some Fergie days where, uh, I mean, even even and I know we're going to talk about it. Um, obviously, um, the game today, but I mean, just what, the oh, amount there, there was goals. a game today. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the amount of goals that Rashford's getting, uh, the amount of you know team effort of, of bringing of having Bruno part of it all, um, you know, Fred Garnacho. I mean. Every, everybody's getting a taste um, and you start, you're starting to see something very special. You're also starting to see a back line, a spine that is working together um, with one of the best goalkeepers that have ever stepped foot at Manchester United. Um, whether you like him or not, he is one of the best of all time at Manchester United. Um, and I mean, again, my, I mean, Martinez Veron, I mean, having them in the back line is 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 just amazing. Um, and Casemiro is the best defense. I mean, right now, I would say um, Casemiro is the best uh, D mid that you're going to find in in England. Um, and I mean, you can almost put it in the world like Jordan did as well. Um, and then Rashford, the way at the rate that he is scoring um, and his ability uh, coming out of the World Cup. Um, coming out of the World Cup, I'm not saying prior in the beginning of the season. I'm saying right now, after the World Cup, um, I would say he's the best striker in England um, in the Premier League at this point um, in time. Um, there are some other strikers like soccer that are, you know, right behind him. Holland, of course, but as far as their return from the World Cup break, um, I would say he's the best. I mean, you're looking, you're looking at a really good team. You're looking at a team that's you know, just going to continue to be knocking and making noise and United is back. United is back. Um, and it's, it's definitely going down that, that path. Um, Fergie knows it. Um, I mean, if, if you've seen the, the media, the social media, all the stuff and you, you see pictures and, and video of Fergie sitting on the sideline or up in the stands or even having dinner with 10 hog. I mean, you, you know, it's something special. You know it's something special. The man dedicated his life um, to United um, and a lot of time and effort in there with a lot of different players. Now, I don't think you're going to see the same um, amount of English players maybe coming through, um, but I think you're going to start to see a lot of the academy guys 
and him using Ten Hag using the the youth um, along with getting some some big time names to kind of round it out. Um, obviously, as any team, there's always always players that you have to kind of move out and, and move ones in. So mm. it's exciting times as a United fan. It's exciting times um, in Manchester because you know I think it I think it's gonna the city's gonna start bleeding red again and um, it's gonna go oh. back to the- all right. It's awfully, awfully big. Um, so, f- first of all, I don't know about you, Jordan, but I think United is back sounds an awful lot like Texas is back. Um, so we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, are we at a sh- are we at a Sugar Bowl here? Um, but it's more a, it's, importantly, it's, it's, it's a deep comparison there. Dev- Devin yeah. mentioned Eric Ten Hag's coaching. I will say, in the current way the United the United team lines out the wow uh wow what horse signing scratched some heads at the beginning but if you're going to play with two you know two speedy uh uh inverted wingers making you know you know runs into the channels from an outside position having having him in the middle with that touch he has because I mean I there was a a couple chances chances were like he just got the ball around the corner for uh marcus rashford and you know there was a great opportunity coming out from that that was a very astute signing and you know smart way to work him into the the current united squad um i I will say what i will say i will say what i got the most joy from in the league cup final was the fact that uh i think it was later in the match Anthony over on the right wing uh, kind of holds up the ball, fakes Dan, you know, gets Dan Byrne to commit and then just tries to go past him. But then he tries to stop and do it again. And right. Joellington, having none of that shit, just <laughs> comes over and bowls him over into uh, over into the uh, 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 into the uh, into the sideline, which was was hilarious. Hilarious for me because it's two Brazilian. Yes, yeah, it's just a Brazilian and Brazilian violence both there. Play- yes, that just that just you know reinforced how much this current United team plays for each other. And yes, even though we have plateaued, I still think there are some players from this current era of United of, of Newcastle United football who are going to be pieces in the next. And I think Joe Ellington will be one of those guys. Yeah, I I mean you you'll get Europa League no doubt. I I don't I, that's I don't even have a question about you getting there. It's it's whether you'll get higher that I think is the question, but but you would definitely so, be so in Europe. That means we got Thursday nights in Tram uh uh at uh at Thursday nights at Galatasaray. We got to go to Tris, uh uh you know Madolva. Got to play uh Hey man. I got to play it's, uh, it's, Redstone uh, Belgrade. Hey listen, West Ham were there. United are there this year. It's not. It's don't knock it. It's a. It's a fun time. You'll you'll run into no, some characters. United, United is probably has a good opportunity to at least get a get a double here this season because knocking off Barcelona was huge. Yeah, very. I, I honestly kind of kind of I honestly kind of thought we might be in a little bit of trouble when I'm like, oh, okay, they have a Thursday night match against Barcelona at Old Trafford, but still, and they really didn't look troubled in that match. Cheater! I'm like shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I mean, so so we saw today Manchester United winning uh, in the FA Cup as well. So and, and beating West Ham, which 
I mean, congratulations, Devin, but it's nothing special. We lose every week. So, um, it's, but, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a very, very good chance that, that Manchester United gets more trophies this season. They are, they're in several competitions. Um, and I think that's just gonna, um, that's just gonna continue to proliferate. Although I will say, um, Devin, you are next, next up in the FA Cup, you have Caleb's Fulham. And I, that's that one's going to be tough. I don't know if anybody saw. If you haven't seen the the Jao Polinia goal for Fulham in, uh, in the FA Cup against Leeds on Tuesday, go and see that. It was. It's just. It's a fantastic strike. And I mean, it's it's one of those Jordan that I think if it was basketball, you'd say it was about a three quarter shot. You know, it's just one of those where Ooh. the player just sort of pulls up and shoots. You're just like, why are they shooting from there? And then you very quickly realize. Why they're shooting from there? It was absolutely brilliant. So go and watch that one. Uh, Manor Solomon getting the goal as well. So Fulham Manchester United. That's uh, it is at Old Trafford. So you got that going for you. But um, I mean, this Fulham team isn't isn't very scared. But yeah, it's there's um, definitely more opportunities for Manchester United to get trophies uh, to get trophies this year. I will say though, Stop you mentioned you mentioned Wout Weghorst, Jordan. I just want to say just make this point real quick. Go, going back to the, to the Alex Ferguson era. That those those sort of things, I think, kind of characterized that era in that, you know, and and the transfer knowledge and you know, the transfer window and all this stuff. It wasn't as big of a deal as it is now, and of course, social media is is added to that and all that stuff. But there were a lot of times I think where he would, you know, United would go out and get a player, and you kind of be like, "Uh, okay, Uh, you know, and sometimes it would work out, and sometimes it wouldn't. But it was always going out and getting a player that would fill a position and play a role. And having all of those role players around Rooney, around Ronaldo, around Saha, around Vidic, around uh, you know Rio, around Evra, having all of those those players around those big, it just added to the overall spirit of the squad. And you had those players who, the, the, you know, you could tell the the biggest reason they were on the pitch is just because they worked hard. And they filled a certain position, and they did, and they did their job within this squad to make it tick and to make it work. And I think we're seeing that now with United, and the Wout Weghorst signing is a very, very good um, sign and a very good indication that that's happening. Jordan, did you have a question for Devin? I was going to say, now, Devin, you should have considered yourself lucky, um, you know, with this West Ham United, uh, with this win over West Ham United in the FA Cup, because I told Adam pre-pod that. Maybe West Ham should have tampered down on the goal orgy <laughs> that occurred Sunday against Nottingham Forest and uh, saved some of those nice. goals nice. for uh, later in the season. Uh, they they were a little premature uh, in their uh, in their goal scoring. You know, well, not, there's nothing Jim premature Eagles. about that. We've waited until late February to start scoring goals. Ain't nothing premature they, they, about that. They, they should have been a little bit more chaste. There you go. <laughs> A little bit more. Let's not give it away so David easily. Style. <laughs> a little bit true to the more. A little bit more true to the David Moyes style. A nice one nil would have gotten the three points against Forest. Maybe you could have used a goal today against West Ham United, Adam, or uh, no, uh, Manchester United. We did Adam. get a goal. Side Van Rama. The the could actually another one. Jordan, we were so we were in such a good goal scoring mood that we equalized on ourselves. That's how. That's oh, how much no. we're scoring. <laughs> Oh no! And I mean, you—you guys—you guys had. I mean, the game—the game should have finished three-three and going into extra time. 
Like, yeah, that's we have Mikel Antonio to thank for that. But I mean, you, you I mean, you guys play. Yeah, he just he's listen. I, I'm just gonna say this right now. I love the man, and he's great. And last season, well, the first half of the season with Antonio, when he was just scoring goals for fun, and I mean, that goal against Leeds at Ellen Road was so much was was great. And he's you know he's he's been a big player at the club for a while now. I mean, I remember when when they had him playing out on the wing, and and it was. I mean, he's it, you could still see glimpses of that. You know, he could still cross the ball really well. Um, in fact, today they had him out wide on the right, and he put a cross into it. I was just like, why is he putting a cross in? He's out there. Then I remembered, oh yeah, we have Thomas Suchek on the pitch. That's that's why. Um, but I just don't think that he can do it anymore at this level consistently. I think he's an off the bench striker. I think if Danny Ings had been, well, first of all, why Jean-Lucas Kamaka did not come off the bench is beyond me. Why is he on the bench if you're not going to bring him in? It just, it's, it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, why he just sort of sits there and, and doesn't come in. Oh, I guess he did. Go, okay. never mind. He did come in with four minutes left. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to make a difference. Nice job. Um, but I, I do think if Danny Ings were fit, I think, or I, I, if Danny Ings were fit and he weren't cup tied, um, he would have. I think he would have started today. I think Moises is, is is sort of turning his attention to him, so that's probably got something to do with it. But I just don't think Antonio can cut it anymore. And I think in the summer, if he wants to leave, if I think a championship club might come in for him and, and, and get him. I don't. I don't know if a Premier League team would. If they do, I mean that's fine. But I just don't see the point. He's. I don't think he, he's he's meant to be at this level anymore. So, are are you not including the fact that West Ham United United might just keep him when they are in the championship next season, Adam? That could also be true. But I'm so excited now because we just drilled Nottingham Forest. I mean, we we, we spanked him. That was that was just great. It was like this whole season of just pent up anger and aggression came out in those four goals, and. I mean, they, they looked finally like they were a team again. Danny Ings, um, you know, is, is looking good. I was really hoping that that might spur some momentum. I'm a little nervous now after this this defeat to Manchester United. It seems like we we got to the we got we were 13 minutes away, 13 minutes away from pulling this off, and we just let it all go to crap and let um, a little uh, a little teenager with a terrible haircut get the winner against us. Um. If you uh, Garnacho has like this bleach blonde '90s looking haircut now, and it is just atrocious. Seriously, I, you, you mentioned your youngsters, Devin. You, they need you need to get him a new club barber, somebody who knows who can like look at him and say, "Hey, maybe don't do this." Hey, don't. I mean, the man can have any haircut he wants if he's going to score goals like that, and how he's been scoring goals. At 18. At 18. He's at 18. He looks like he's 12 years old, who's just come from the 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 the, the barbershop where his mom has been sitting with him while he gets a bowl cut. That's what he looks hey, like. Hey, well, his, his hair wasn't blonde until like a week, a week and a half ago. It was, uh, it had like brown hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's his natural is, color this hair. This is recent, fine. and with it's the success terrible. he's had with the blonde hair, it's terrible. I'm going to take it. What is this is impromptu, and I'm just a, the the in your mind the worst hair you've ever seen on a footballer, 
just in, in general. And you can throw out some, some well-known names. I think Pogba had some pretty interesting haircuts during his time. He he, he kind of got a little crazy there. Uh, Pogba. Yeah. Uh, Zardes. So, <laughs> never mind. We got a winner. Zardes had some. <laughs> what? Yossi Zardes. Um, okay. Okay. All right. I got one. Yep. Um, got to help me remember the name. Okay. Arsenal player, mid-teens, winger, went to Roma. He had like the Sabri- like the Serena Williams like braids, <laughs> but he had like the really thick ring. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Gervinho had a really terrible haircut. Gervinho, yeah, yes, Gervinho, yes, it that was, was bad. Yes. And it wasn't bad. Like, like the ones I'm thinking of, that's a really good shout, Jordan. Because the ones I'm thinking of are like this is this is a bad haircut because they're like really tried to color it differently and like really tried to do something with it. His was just bad because it was just a bad haircut. And it, like, it split in the middle, and there was no hairline. Like, the hairline had disappeared, and everything's down here. Now, I know if you'd seen me, you would know why me pointing that out is kind of ironic, because mine's disappearing, too. But you're a Premier League footballer. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it looked like the hairline just receded up into the scalp somehow, and it was just non-existent. That's a good shout. Gervinho's a good shout. I mean, can you, okay, throw, I got one. Can you throw Alexi Lalas in that picture? Um, I mean, for the time... I think it was it was it was perhaps acceptable, but yes, I mean the early '90s haircuts were just were just terrible. I think I, I will say, um, um, oh, what is his name? It's is it Carlos Valderrama, uh, the Colombian yeah. player. Yeah, his was. Yeah, and I've seen pictures of him lately, and I he's still trying to rock this the sort of the big fro look again. He made it him his own, and back in the '90s, that looked great. Or I guess it would have been the early 2000s when he was with, uh, uh, I think it was Miami Fusion. But by now, you need to be getting rid of that. Like, come on, okay, you're, I you're, got, you're, oh, you're right. in your. You're I, in I got one that something. applies if it's uh, if it's uh, if it's actually a bald guy, uh, a former <laughs> Manchester United and Newcastle United player, Gabriel Oberton, should have grew some hair because the bald was not looking was not working with that peanut head of his. <laughs> he did have a weird looking scalp. It was just kind of. Uh, I got. Awkward looking. I got one. another one. Um, oh, uh, it's okay. I got you. Just start describing him. He's, all right, <laughs> French player. Okay. Uh, played at uh, played at Bayern forever. Inverted winger alongside Iron Robin. Oh, are you t- <laughs> are you talking about Frank Ribery? Yes, Frank Ribery. Why was his haircut bad? What was wrong with his haircut? Yeah. It was it okay. It just did, it wasn't flattering to him. Like it was either too short for the way his head is shaped, or it didn't grow. It just didn't grow in the right places. It looked weird. I mean, he did. Probably, so this is not getting a little. The it, way he looks. Not to get yeah, not to get too too offensive here, but he did. He did sometimes from certain angles have a bit of a Quasimodo about him. Yes. The, uh, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm saying part of the part of the reason about a bad haircut is it does not fit your face or your head. That's why I threw Gabriel Oberton in there. Bald was not working with him. Should have gotten them hair plugs. Uh, just because it doesn't fit the way it doesn't it doesn't accentuate your 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 attractiveness in all all aspects. You're way too um, analytical. I, I, way too analytical. I mean, at this at this point, I, I, you, you I, could I, throw Berbatov in there. 
No, Berbatov had some lovely locks. Uh, the only the only bad part about Berbatov is when he cut him off. To, when he, when okay, he, played, I, he went to Fulham and he cut him off, and then he, he played with Monaco and he had like almost no hair. It was weird. Yes, Jordan. Uh, I got one, and this is going to get some hate from y'all. Uh, David Beckham with the Braves. No, that's that's acceptable. That's a good answer. Yeah, with with the Braves was bad. I'm I'm okay with that because that was a weird yeah that was a weird time for him. But I mean, the man had other the man had all the haircuts. Yeah. I mean he I mean it, it looked like he was a 13 year old gir- girl who whipped on a on a week long Cancun trip and came back with that haircut. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, you know I mean think about who his uh, his wife is. Yeah, and so she's he, she's got some great ideas, so he, and she also has some really bad ideas. So that he, was a really bad. One. He did go on a uh, he did go on a on a trip to Cancun and said, "Hey, I'm gonna get my hair done by these ladies on the beach." Yeah, that, that was it. Might as well. But Adam, you were you were talking about like frozen stuff. I mean, should we not bash <laughs> Fellaini? <laughs> Maro and Fellaini. But again, I just feel like I don't know that that doesn't. Uh, speaking of cornrows. That was a bad look for him. Like he he decided to do that about halfway through his time at Everton, and it was just yeah. ridiculous. And then he just and then I think he finally realized, oh, the fro is working for me because it is. I think you'll I think you can still find Marowine Marowine Fellaini afros dotting the Old Trafford crowd if you look close enough. I think they just they just love it. They can't get enough of him. Okay, um, all right. Last I got one. one. Last one. And we're uh, this is going to be about. The the volume of hair, Fabrizio Colaccini, because again, that wasn't, wasn't bad. It was, yeah, no, but it was. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, a Valderrama, like <laughs> no, it wasn't poof or like Merwan Lady. It was thick and and long and like very like loose loose twist. Yeah, it was just a lot. Valderrama like, was like I, I, I <laughs> like I imagine Colaccini like after like like. I assumed his neck was never dry just because the amount of sweat he was coming off of his head with that much hair. All right, that's 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 enough off topic for this one. That's that's yeah, a very good yeah, nice little lesson. Yeah, let's let, let's get back to the football and jumped off. Guys. Let's get back we'll get back to the football with this and then uh we'll we'll turn our attention to uh to the west half of London here in a minute. But uh so just real quick, just uh Midweek matches in the FA Cup, if, if you missed it. Um, Brighton go through uh, 1-0. Uh, Evan Ferguson, the youngster, scoring for Brighton against Stoke up in the Potteries. Uh, Leicester City, this, they, they, it's like one step forward, two steps back for them. 2-1 defeat to Blackburn at home yesterday. Uh, Ihea Nacho got the only goal for Leicester City. Dolan and Smojic uh, getting the goals for Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Fulham 2-0 win over Leeds. We mentioned that one. City taking care of business against Bristol uh, or against Bristol City. Uh, Phil Foden scoring twice, and Kevin De Bruyne got a goal in that one as well. Check this one out. Grimsby Town 2-1 against Southampton. Um, so Southampton are out of the cup, and League 2, Grimsby, are through to the FA Cup quarterfinals. Unfortunately, they will be taking on Brighton away. It's not the worst draw they could have had, but Grimsby quickly becoming the feel-good story of the FA Cup. And if you know anything about the town of Grimsby, no offense, but that sounds like a weird sentence. But very, very good to see. Uh, I believe it's, is it the Shrimpers? 
have to go back and look. It's the Shrimpers or the Mariners. It's one of those two. Uh, but well done, uh, Grimsby, to, to get through to the quarterfinals. Burnley beating Fleetwood Town one, uh, one goal to nil at Turf Moor. Manchester United beat West Ham United 3-1 today. West Ham went took the lead through Syed Benrahma, but Manchester United scored three goals in the last 13 minutes, including a known goal by Naya Figueard, to get through. Um, now, Jordan, you said you were watching Sheffield United versus Spurs. Are you still doing that? Is that is that going on at the moment? Yes, we are at the, the 43rd minute and 45th second. So you can okay. go ahead and ruin it for me. I don't care. I, I really um, don't. I don't. I don't, don't want to. Sheffield United loses. I don't want to ruin it. Okay. I'm not going to ruin it. So uh, to anybody out there, that's okay. the one game I'm not going to say just because Jordan's still watching it. I want him to be able to enjoy it. So. Um, um, so Adam, uh, but, but I will Grimsby say, so are, Brighton versus sorry, Grimsby. Yeah, Brighton versus Grimsby, City versus Burnley, and Manchester United versus Fulham are the quarterfinals that I will tell you about right now. Blackburn play either Sheffield United or Tottenham Hotspur. I will let you uh, figure out who on your own, Jordan. But but go ahead, sorry. Uh, Grimsby Town are the Mariners. There we go. Okay. I think we talked about them earlier this this podcast season in the, in a segment that we no longer do because it was too hard for me to do every single week. But uh, So well done to Grimsby. Uh, we'll, we'll celebrate them more uh, as they... As they get farther. Um, the uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend is when the FA Cup quarterfinals are going to be played. So March the 18th. Um, and any time around there, I'm, I'm sure some will be moved to Sunday. Now, let's switch over to the Premier League real quick. And a vexing question about one of the big teams in the league, which is, of course, Chelsea. Um, Scott started out this season. Didn't like what was going on. Obviously, over the summer, we had the whole issue with, you know, uh, he who should not be named having to sell the club um, because he works with, with bad people uh, who were doing bad things. And so Todd Bowley came in and bought it, and, the, you know, the recruitment was in upheaval, and, and nobody knew what they were doing, and they went out and bought Raheem Sterling, and that seemed like it would work. And then injury crisis, and Thomas Tuchel got fired, and then we bring in Graham Potter. And everybody was like, "Okay, this is good. We'll bring in Grand Potter. This is looking nice. It's that he could he could do some good things." And man, has that just completely fallen on its face? Uh, Chelsea are without a win since January the fifteenth. Um, they've gotten you know a couple of draws here and there, so it hasn't been the worst they could possibly be. I mean, they could have lost some of those games, uh, but they have lost their last three straight, including to bottom of the table, Southampton at home. And worse, they got beat by Tottenham. So um, th- that happened this weekend, 2-0 uh, Spurs win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, I have a theory about this, but I want to put it out to the podcast. And I'll start with Jordan. Um, what is going on with Chelsea? Why can they not make this work? Graham Potter had Brighton buzzing, and they've continued that. And it's a lot of his players and his legacy. And you know, nothing against um, <clears throat> what's Franco Deserbi. I think is, is I'm sure I got his first name wrong, but nothing against Deserbi. I mean, he's he's done phenomenally with the squad. I mean, they're sitting in eighth place, looking really good. But surely Graham Potter has got to be better than this. And I just don't know what's going on. Can you? Describe this to me, Jordan, or do you have any theories as to why Chelsea continue to struggle so much? 
Um, I believe they uh, Chelsea are struggling so much because Graham Potter has to have uh, flashcards with pictures on them to identify all the players uh, <laughs> that have come into the Chelsea Football Club. I think he looks at a guy and goes, he, he, he looks at a guy, points, goes to his Rolodex and goes, you, uh, all you. right. Um, I, I think he will. I think the Graham Potter um, signing uh, by Chelsea will eventually be justified. If given so you the time would you, you keep him, you, you think he needs time? I, I kind of think I kind of think you have to at this point. You just kind of like you get so late to a season, and there's no no chance of relegation for Chelsea. I mean. The odds of that happening are, are are incredibly small, like less than one percent. So, so the only thing you could do is stay in the middle for the most part. They're they're not going to get relegated. So why would you move on from a manager who you've given you know so much money to spend and players to invest in this early in his tenure? I I think. With as much money they spend at Chelsea, you have to at least give him next season as well before you move on, just because of of, of what's been brought into the club. Uh, um, and back to my point, what is another manager going to do this late in the season? Are you still considering yourself a challenger for the top four? I highly doubt that. So would you... Would you rather bring in a new manager, start everything again from scratch in terms of, you know, cohesion with the team, uh, you know, developing a system with the players you have and challenge for the Europa Conference League, the Europa League? I, I really think that'd be against Chelsea's best interest in the long term. So, yeah, no, you've got to keep Graham Potter through this summer and probably through next year to at least see what he can do at this level in the top of the Premier League. Um, but to that point about where they finish and, and the fact that they've spent so much money, what I wonder is can Chelsea afford to miss the Champions League or Europe? Can they? Can they actually, you know, fall within financially fall within the regulations if they are not in Europe next season. That's what I'm kind of wondering. They spent, they spent a lot of money and I assume it's because they plan on having the cash come in from from playing in Europe and maybe Todd Bowley's got a different plan. Maybe you know their accounts um you know are saying, "Well, look, if as long as we do this and this and we don't, you know, do this or, or maybe they're planning on a, on a fire sale this summer. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how all that works." Um, maybe they get Manchester City's accountants, but but I'm I'm just wondering like like if they can actually afford to miss the Champions League and 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 still get by. Um, I think they can because if you look at the new players they've brought in, everyone has an annuitized contract of at least eight years, so the entirety of that um, transfer fee is not paid at one time; it's paid over that eight year. Um, <clears throat> eight-year, you know, a contract. Now, if they do sell that player on, then yeah, they might actually run into some financial issues. But if the idea is that you're going to bring these players in for eight years at a time, 
then I think they can afford to miss one season, especially if, if you know, there are certain players at the club, Christian Pulisic, uh, Mason Mount, um, that are deemed expendable. And maybe you could recoup some of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, the net transfer spends you have in the summer moving on from players that you don't necessarily want and were stuck with when you bought the team. So I'm going to throw out my theory, and then I, I kind of want to get Devin's thoughts because of the two of us, he's the only one who has to who has gone through the process of putting a team together over the off season and actually making them work during the season, um, in, in any professional capacity. But I think the the biggest problem right now with Chelsea and with Graham Potter, I don't think he's out of his depth. I think that's a lot of what what people will say is look, he doesn't know how to handle a squad like this. He certainly doesn't know how to handle a squad of this size. You know, he just he can't manage it. He can't do it. It's 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 too much for him. I don't think that's it. I do think I, what I don't see from this Chelsea team is what made Brighton so successful. When he went in there, I think he he prioritized tactical consistency. He prioritized caution. He prioritized defensive effectiveness and responsibility. And you know, there was a time there where it just looked like. Boy, if Brighton could only score goals, I mean, just imagine what they could do. And sure enough, he got them scoring goals. And he didn't do that by, you know, spending big and bringing in guys like Mudrik or, or you know, uh, going for the big names. You know, he he did it by shoring up that defense and giving this team a solid core in the middle that allowed those attacking players to do what they needed to do. All run around Eves Basuma, and I think you've got a similar player in Enzo Fernandez who can do that. So Graham needs to go back to what worked before. I think he's trying too hard to get this team. You know, I, I think he's trying too hard to take Chelsea and essentially make them play like what he feels like they should be, which is like a supercar. Like we need to be able to hit sixth gear. We need to be able to to you know to go from zero to sixty. In, in you know nothing flat or, or whatever, and what he really needs to do is he just needs to make this team stable and make them play like a good old reliable, you know, solid, fast can win you things, but you know a good reliable car. I don't think he needs to to abandon the principles that got him to this spot, and I think that's I think he's having a hard time keeping that and a hard time making that work because he feels like this Chelsea team needs to play a certain way. He needs to implement his style. And the sooner that he does that, the better. And I don't know how much say he had in the in the players that did come in in the transfer window. Um, <clears throat> I think some of them definitely seem like Graham Potter-type players. I think some of them don't. I'm just going to say right now, I think I've said this off the podcast, <clears throat> and I'll say it now. Mudrik is going to be a flop. I, I, I just feel it. He's, he's not good enough. I don't think he's physically strong enough. And I think Chelsea have a history of bringing in Ukrainian stars that end up not doing very well. Hello, Andrei Shevchenko. So I, I think I don't think you can expect much more from. Him. I think Mudrik is going to be a flop. I don't think he's going to do anything with his team. I don't think they needed him. I think Ryan Sterling would would have done just well, just as fine in that position. Um, or Mason Mount. Like they already had these players, and and uh, so I don't think he's going to do quite well. The other players I could see, you know, performing a role. I think Enzo Fernandez is going to be great. Um, 
but I don't see Mujic doing all that well. But uh, does that make sense, Devin? And and you know, I mean, I don't know. Using your perspective as a coach and as a uh, as someone who has had to build a team together, you know, I mean, what what does Graham Potter need to do at this point in order to turn this Chelsea squad around? The the problem is. Um building a building a squad and and figuring out relationships and and getting a team going um at my level is you don't have this you don't have media on you and he has a lot of he has a lot <laughs> yeah. of he has a lot of media on him um which turns everything sideways because then you've got a lot of opinions i mean you gotta think you know 11 guys on the field you've got another you got another 15 or so that are off the field. Um, whether that's guys that bounce between um, the top group or the U21s or Academy, whatever it is. And there's a lot of opinions. So it's, it's hard to manage all that. Um, at the end of the day, Graham Potter needs to put something together where there's belief. Uh, belief at the end of the day and having the whole team trust. Um, I, I mean, I, I can speak to that because um, the way that uh, we worked through uh, and, and team has struggled in the, you know, kind of understanding why we're doing certain things over and over and over again. And the reason why is because as soon as we see them in a the game, then there's belief that we can continue to do that. And then we started to do that over and over again. Um, so, I mean, for him, um, at the end of the day, Screw the fans. Screw the fans <laughs> because they're not the, they're not the ones that have to deal with it every day. Uh, every every single person that's sitting up in the stands thinks that they can run that club. No, it doesn't matter which coach came in after Tuchel. Does not matter which one. And honestly, you keep Tuchel in there, same issues arise. It does not matter. This is a this is a three three year plan. This is a three year plan to have. Um, Potter take control of the team. Now, what you do is you work through the relationships, you build them, you build the trust, the honesty, everything that's needed the rest of the season. It's not going to go as planned. And you push to have somewhat of a winning season where you're not in the bottom half. You're in the top half. Screw, Screw anything else. If you're in the top half, you're good. Then you go into the summer where you're actually figuring things out. There's going to be players that want to leave. There's going to be players you let go. Pulisic is not staying there. Mount, probably not staying there. You get rid of those players, you start freeing up some space, start freeing up some money along with some other ones. Take a look at your academy players, your, your youngsters and everything. See what you have there. You spend the summer developing this entire team and figuring out a, a game plan for the season. So and don't you, do don't do in January. Don't do in in the summer what you did in January. No, yeah. basically, and 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 I agree with you guys. You know, it doesn't 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 matter who comes into in, into play, which coach it is. Any any coach in the situation that just had player after player after player join the team. No, you you have too you have too many too many guys to to figure out, and it doesn't matter how good of a coach Fergie would be stuck. Arsene Wenger would be stuck right now. It, it, it does not matter the caliber or the pedigree of the coach. It 
everybody would have issues with this. And it, it, it comes down to the club. And if the club can back him and say, hey, we're going to give you three, three to four years, three to four years to figure it out and get us back to where we need to be. I think that's suitable. You cannot, and I'm, and I'm tired of this. I'm absolutely tired of this at all levels in all sports. You cannot fire a coach or a manager halfway through the season and expect for things to really turn around in the direction you want to go. There'll be little changes. Little As a West Ham fan, I offer a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> but, but that's my thing is you have, you have to see the course. Like, even right now, I mean, look look back at United when we got rid of coaches towards the end of the season and then Giggs took over for the last four games or Carrot took over for the last couple games. This, it's absolutely ridiculous. Why fire a coach with four or five games left? Let him see it out. Let him see it out. That way you have, you have justified everything because putting – gigs in that spot putting Carrick in that spot putting any assistant coach in that spot even right now when you're dealing with the lead stuff putting these coaches in those that's that's a lot of stress that's a lot of stress unless if you're going to give them the job it doesn't change anything that coach being gone there might be wins in there but are you playing are the players playing in for the coach are they playing in spite of the coach and I mean, those are two things that you they you know you have to take into consideration when a coach when a manager leaves or a coach leaves. There, there might be some positivity. There might be some more goals. There might be some wins in there. But you put someone else that's new in there. Now you're back to square one. So you really have to let these managers see it out for about three four years, and 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 really dive into it. But I mean, for the for the club itself to spend all that money on all those players and bring them in, uh, it's, it's it's a lot. anybody anybody would be in the shoes. Grand Potter's a smart coach. You could see it at Brighton. You just got to believe and trust and, and know that it's coming down the road. I've, I've I've said that since day one when he went over there. Obviously, you do it because of the club. You move over from Brighton to Chelsea, big time club, big time goal. Was it too early for him? I don't know. But at the same time, like you, you gotta trust and believe that he he has something in place. But you gotta back him. You can't have all this backlash with media and all this kind of stuff getting out to everybody. This is just gotta be belief and trust in it. So Adam, I, I, I agree for the most part, but I will say, it, you know, in the case of of West Ham, I think it's a matter of, you know, we've we've been going too long with somebody that we just sort of brought in is a stopgap. I mean, after Pellegrini almost got the club relegated and they brought Moyes in, you know, that turned things around. And it may have had something to do with the pandemic. It may have had something to do with Jesse Lingard. But, you know, went on this this fantastic run and, you know, got into the Europa League. And and and, and then I think the, the biggest problem was not capitalizing on getting into the Europa League at that point. The, the the biggest issue was during that season not having the players that supported a run in both the league and the Europa League, and it wore everybody out, and it and it, and it you know and it hurt. And I I do kind of blame Moyes for that. I I, I feel like that's got to be something that you as a manager say, look, this is what we need. Here is what we need, and this is my plan. I I kind of feel like it it sort of caught Moyes off guard because. He wasn't prepared for that because he wasn't supposed to do that. That wasn't supposed to happen. You know, he wasn't there to do that. And now 
we find ourselves in the situation where he's been there for too long. The the squad is 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 too you know too far into it, and we have somebody who honestly cannot manage at this level anymore. And I I, I honestly believe that. So I do think there is some value in when things start to go bad, i.e., you're in the relegation zone and you shouldn't be saying, okay, look, you've done a great job for us, but obviously this is not working out. Obviously you're not getting the players to do what you need, what they need to do, and you haven't won in however many games it was, six, seven. It's time to go. And you see teams get a boost. I mean, look at Everton. Uh, you know, they, the, Sean Dice is obviously doing something there. Um, you know, you look at Wolves. Uh, Julian, you know, Julian came in, and, and I can't say his last name. Julian came in, and, and now they're doing a lot better. But also look at Nottingham Forest. I mean, everybody thought, oh, there's no way this is going to work. They're, they brought in too many players. They're going to go down. But, Steve, you know, Steve Cooper started to turn things around. So uh, it's it's, I mean, it's like six to one, half a dozen to the other. I think different responses are required for different situations, and there's a lot of unique situations. I agree with you in Graham Potter's situation. I think he needs time. But I don't think that's a blanket thing because I do think if Moyes – I think if, if if Moyes were not the manager of, of West Ham right now, we would be in far better shape than we are, and I and I honestly believe that. Uh, Jordan, you were gonna you were gonna make a point. Actually, I was gonna say, um, Adam, right now, would you take this David Moyes leaving West Ham United, but you have to replace him with Nate from Ted Lasso? Fiction becomes reality. <laughs> He is your new manager at West Ham, but you get rid of David Moyes. Do you pull the trigger? I would take Graham Potter. You're not getting Graham Potter, Adam. That is not the hypothetical here. The hypothetical but this is, is but you this get is a, Nate. This is a fantasy world. If, if, I lived, if I lived in the Ted Lasso fantasy world, I'd probably be a fan of AFC Richmond. And uh, are you ready, Adam, as a West Ham fan, for just the amount of eight from – Random people who have no connection to, you know, English soccer at all, just just actually dragging West Ham online for uh, the actions of a character. I'm gonna kind of take it as a from a Jack Sparrow perspective. It's like you're the, you were the worst football club that I've ever heard of. Yes, but you have heard of us, so there you go. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's I don't I I I'm gonna just say this right now, and anybody listening may not believe me because they probably think all Americans watch this, but I have not watched a single episode of Ted Lasso, um, mainly because I don't have Apple TV and I really don't want to get it. Uh, we have enough streaming services as, as it is, and it doesn't really contribute to to anything. So I don't know. It later on we might. We might get it to replace some of the things that we get rid of, but we have to get rid of some stuff first. I, that's, hey, uh, already got, hey, Adam. Already got too much. Adam. Yes. Yes. Can I can I call an audible? Uh, because um, I I know most of our listeners uh, are not uh, are not uh, American based, uh, but it was the start of the MLS uh, season uh, this last weekend, and yes. we do have we do have an unfortunate. Austin FC fan on. And I want to know what your opinion was on that second goal. What second? Oh. Did the he, one is, where, is, Devin, is Devin an Austin FC fan? 
I assume he. I assume he. I assume he is because I, they've been to games. Uh, I don't know. He's he's awfully busy. You're asking him to watch a lot of football. Uh, Jordan, uh, because I live in Austin, does not mean I'm Austin. Yeah. Uh, Are you okay? Do you have an well, MLS I mean, team that you're that you fit? I mean, from where I mean, are you from? I would say the Revs, but I don't know if that's true. No, no. I I, I kind of for the MLS, I kind of just watch i just yeah. watch games i don't really have a a team um with us being in austin 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 fc is obviously um the team that we're supporting and following but i mean if i move to nashville then nashville becomes the team that we start watching like yeah, we that, that's that's just how how we'll probably end up but united <laughs> will always be the team of choice um the austin fc game um, un- unfortunately, unfortunately, thanks, Andrea. That's my sister, everybody. Yeah, your sister, your sister got in. Um, so Austin FC will be our. It's team. the Matthew McConaughey effect. Yeah. Um, no, uh, we. I mean, I I saw bits and pieces of the game, highlights, and all that kind of stuff. We were, um, we had a we had a reservation <laughs> at that time, unfortunately. So yeah, couldn't get See. out of that. One. This is the problem. This is this is the issue with with MLS. Is we we watch all of our football in the morning, and then by the time the evening comes, our significant others are like, "Hey, you've already watched all this soccer," and you're just like, uh, "Nuts! I can't beat you on that argument." But I mean, you could. I mean, you could very well say, uh, you know, FC Dallas had a hard time. Um, Jordan, who, what fan? Yeah. What fan are you? Uh, no, 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 no. The reason why I brought up that second goal was because of the controversiality of the goal. He was in a clear offside position, but because he was a former Austin FC player literally a year ago, he kind of did a hand motion to the back to the to that center back who literally passed the ball back to him. That's why it wasn't considered an offside goal was because it was a deliberate pass from the defender. Okay. So I, that's so it was, just, so it, was it was a, it was a gaff by the center back is what you're saying. Yes, because that's but, yeah. Because it wasn't because there was there, no there would be no question of offside if he passed it backwards. Yes, but but there was a question of uh, morality in the game because the player in the offside position like raises his hand, like "Hey, pass me the ball," and the defender actually passed it back, not realizing. Oh, he plays for St. Louis FC. I'll have to go back and look at that. I, I missed yeah, I missed that one. I'd have I'd have to go watch it and like watch like a minute before to a minute after like that that seems seems odd but i mean stranger things have happened all right back to the premier league real quick we can sorry i don't don't, sorry i thought it was just an interesting uh bit of controversy from the weekend uh so uh so just real quick we have uh we'll just run through these results real quick um Everton, uh, we didn't have an early game on Saturday because of the League Cup this weekend. So Everton, uh, nil. Aston Villa, two. Uh, that was very, very helpful. Thank you, Aston Villa. Leeds, one. Southampton, nil. Leicester City, nil. Arsenal, one. Speaking of controversy, Saka hauled down in the box. No call. VAR looked at it. Still no call. Eh, it looks like it may have been a penalty. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't end up being needed. But I do feel like Arsenal may have been hard done by there. Uh, West Ham four, for, Forest nil. Come on, you irons. Uh, Bournemouth one, Man City four. Phil Foden scores twice, sort of. Uh, he 
I guess technically assisted on the second goal because it ended up being a known goal. But uh, he got his goals today. Uh, Phil Foden looking in very, very good form. Palace nil, Liverpool nil. Does clock questions continue? Um, Tottenham 2, Chelsea nil. And we missed this, and I apologize. And Caleb is not here tonight, but I, I, if you're listening, buddy, if you hear this back, I apologize. I'm on my hands and knees. I missed that Fulham played Wolves on Friday night of last week. Um, but it was a very good game. Fulham ended up coming out uh, 1-1. Uh, and then, of course, they had the FA Cup win this week. So Fulham looking very, very good. Their form not dipping whatsoever. Midweek results. Uh, we had some Premier League games today along with the FA Cup games. Arsenal thumping Everton four goals to nil um, at home, making up for that result. Uh, the reverse fixture, which they lost at Goodison Park. And then Liverpool didn't end up coming out on top of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Two goals to nil. Virgil van Dijk scoring his 20th goal since joining Liverpool in 2015. That is the most, I believe, of any defender in that time. So uh, Virgil doing Virgil things. Premier League table uh, looks like this. With that win, Arsenal go five points clear at the top of the table. Uh, They are on 60 points, five ahead. Of Manchester City, who are in second on 55. Manchester United in third on 49. Tottenham in fourth uh, after that win this weekend against Chelsea. Newcastle, they are in fifth. They are four points off of uh, the Champions League spot. But you got two games in hand, Jordan, so there's some time. Liverpool in fifth on 39 points. The same as Fulham, although Liverpool do have a game in hand. Uh, Brighton in eighth. Brentford in ninth, and Chelsea, despite that loss, are still in the top half of the table, but only by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, because also on 31 points is Aston Villa in 11th, Crystal Palace in 12th, Forest in 13th, um, after that result against West Ham, Leicester in 14th, Wolves uh, 15th place, West Ham still too close to that relegation zone for comfort, Um, and with 23 points, they're in 16th, Leeds with uh, 22 in 17th, and Everton, Bournemouth, and Southampton are in the relegation zone. Um, I would say, oh, I don't know. I, someone said today that they thought, I think it may have been Shaka Hislop. Um, actually, it was Casey Keller. This was uh, during the, the pregame for the Manchester United versus West Ham game. Said that they thought even Aston Villa might be dragged into a relegation uh, fight and is still within reach. I don't think so. I, I do think Crystal Palace are still technically in danger on 27 points, and certainly anybody below that could still be dragged into a relegation scrap. So things are very, very tight at the bottom half of the table. Um, probably a little bit tighter than the top half, but it's still very, very close indeed. Uh, your Premier League weekend looks like this. We have the early game back on this weekend, uh, Saturday. Manchester City against Newcastle. Sorry, Jordan. It's right out of the out of the frying pan into the fryer. Manchester City uh, hosting Newcastle. That's on USA at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. 10 a.m. Eastern. Arsenal versus Bournemouth. Villa versus uh, Crystal Palace. Brighton hosts West Ham. That one's not going to be fun. Uh, Chelsea and Leeds at Stamford Bridge. That one's on USA Network. Um, <laughs> some might call it a relegation six-pointer. Technically not, but if we're having fun, we're going to call it a relegation six-pointer. Wolves versus Spurs at Molyneux, and then at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Southampton hosts Leicester at St. Mary's. That's on NBC and Peacock. On Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Nottingham Forest hosts Everton. Now that is a relegation scrap. Uh, That's on USA Network and also on USA from uh, 11.30 Eastern Time. 
It's the big one. Liverpool versus Manchester United at Anfield uh, on USA Network on Monday. Bournemouth versus Fulham. Uh, what you, we would used to call the Scotty Parker Derby. Um, that's at 3 p.m. on Monday. That's also on USA. Before uh, we go, I would like to though get your thoughts, Devin. How are you feeling ahead of the, the Liverpool game? Are they are they up for grabs? Do you think United can get them? It is at Anfield, or are you maybe a little nervous that playing Manchester United at home might just spur this Liverpool team on to do some things that we haven't seen from them a lot this season? Um, well, I, first off, I wish we sealed it quicker against West Ham today because um, obviously oh, – it's, uh, it's complaining. Come on. You got uh, the win. Just but, come on. Take it. Because no, obviously there were certain players that weren't playing in the hopes of resting them because um, we have been playing cup, cup games. We have been playing finals. We have been playing Europa League. It's a busy time. Um, so as any team in this situation about to go against a really good team, you wish that you, you know, were able to rest those players that, that you hope to rest. Um, so as far as that game, I'm, I'm not nervous for it. Um, I think it's a game that um, United will come and, and play and show out. Um, there's an expectation, um, especially playing against um, that side and Klopp. Um, so at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to come down to a goal. I don't think, I think the, the refereeing in that game will be tight knowing the caliber. Oh, okay. I see now. Sorry. I thought you were already, I thought you were already going to accusing that the referee was going to be biased toward Liverpool, no, which I get it. It's Liverpool, but Hey, now come on. No, I think it's going to be tight. Um, I think it's going to be called a tight game, um, due to the caliber of both teams and, and the, and the scoring and everything that's that's happened in the last few weeks with both teams and the ability that both teams have um, to come and show out and sh- and play, um, but I think it's only going to come down to a goal. Um, hmm. I'm not nervous for it. I think with uh, the way Garnacho's playing, the way that Rashford's playing, unstoppable. Um, a good back line um, that doesn't. Um, doesn't feature Maguire before he makes his move to West Ham for you guys. Uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. He's, it, he's, he's much more. Talk about media hopping on to yeah, somebody. He, he, uh, they just tear him, him, a new, him a new one. We'll be nicer to you in the East End, Harry, we promise. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, passes, he passes the ball back to himself. Bring uh, Mason with you. So um, he's yeah, you can, you can have his horrible touch and his yellow cards that he accumulates. Uh, good early, today. early in the game. So, uh, okay. It's going to be interesting. That one's going to be a fun one. We won't do a top shelf picks again this week because Caleb is gone, but, uh, I said we were going to do them offline last week and we didn't, um, because I'm a terrible host and don't send these things out to the group, but I promise we will do that this year, this week. And, uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United will be, uh, one of the ones that we predict. We'll pick the other ones later. Um, so yeah, thanks guys. Thanks Devin for hopping on. Sorry Jordan, it was such a surprise, but I couldn't avoid it. it as they say in the industry, it was good radio. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I we, we don't have a whole lot of time here, Jordan, but I will I will give it give give you the mic uh, out of respect. Do you have a rant or a rave that you would like to uh, to end us with this week? Um. um. 
It's okay if you don't. We can. We can. We no, can no, no. Let me. Let, <clears throat> I'm trying to phrase this as nicely as I possibly can. It can't um, be about me. No, <laughs> screw you, Devin, and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> Y'all are cheating bastards. I hate every single Manchester United fan. Y'all yeah. can burn in hell. This is what I wanted. This is How, what I wanted. Where, where's the cheating coming? <laughs> We won fair and square. We were the better team at the end of the day. Oh, boy. Oh, whatever. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God. You know what? You know what? Hey, it's, it's, it's okay, though. It's okay, though. You know what? You'll you'll Soon enough, y'all will be in the same boat as me in terms of you sold your soul for some oil money when the Qatari <laughs> that's true. government buys y'all that. Oh, that's right. So, so enjoy you know what? having the moral support. Already right now, make sure you change your, uh, your, your 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 Twitter your Twitter uh, uh, bio to the uh, the Norwich City colors. Does Devin have a uh, uh, <laughs> Make sure you make sure you support that Newton Heath because next year, when it's just all that blood money, you'll be right there with me, buddy. Hey, hey, about uh, what is it? March, April, May. In about three months, you're about to lose what two, three hundred bucks, right? Because you're going to fall below United. First of all, sir. First of all, sir. First of all, sir. It's hundred. Yeah, it's going to say hundred. Jesus, what? Do you think I'm made of money? Listen, we don't make. We don't. This show doesn't do advertising. We don't make money. No. And honestly, uh, it, honestly, if if the PIF wants to uh, wants to me uh, wants me to become official uh, uh, mouthpiece of uh, the state when it comes to, to uh, the uh, team that is Newcastle United, I'll be more than glad to take that money. Just yeah. send me the checks. Well, you know, you just just keep looking. Your whole team needs to keep looking at flashbacks and how to actually score and capitalize on opportunities. So, uh. shots fired. Uh, April 2nd, by the way, is when uh, Manchester United and Newcastle meet again. They go at St. James's Park on April the 2nd. So I'm circling that in my calendar right now. I'm, well, I'm circling the day mainly because West Ham plays Southampton earlier that day, but that will be a good game too. Um, I, I, I'm I am curious though. Can I make a prediction about that game? Sure. I know we're about a month early. Um, yeah, if uh, Anthony yep. – I could, I could tell you right now, if Anthony tries to pull that same shit – on the right wing that he did in the, the League Cup final against Dan Byrne, there's going to be like three of the biggest Jordy boys you could find hopping into the field of play just to absolutely beat the piss out of him. <laughs> so he best better be ready for just a bunch of loud, obnoxious, lovely, flame, lovely, lovely fans. <laughs> and I'm here for it. Is that your prediction? <laughs> That's yes. my that's my prediction. That yeah, if he tries that same shit again, someone's gonna come, come out of the stands and punch him like he's a police horse. It's the reverse Cantona. Okay. So so he's gonna get beat up, but you guys are still gonna lose, right? No, we're gonna draw. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'm only gonna owe, I'm, I'm only I'm only gonna, gonna go, owe hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, still a lot of seasons go. I am I am. You know what? We'll, we'll save it for another time. Uh, we'll save it for when when the the new ownership of Manchester United is official. I think at this point we just we just have bids. So so we will we'll save those thoughts for a different time when when things are official, and uh, and we could talk to Devin at length and also when we have more time because I'm getting tired. I need to edit this podcast. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining me this week. Um, uh, Caleb missed it this week, but he's he's texting me. He is alive. Um, he's just he's had some some work stuff come up, and it's just been a 
been a week, so he needed a, a night off, which we are more than more than than happy to give him. Um, I mean, so he, he did just complete a move. So that's true too. Yes, it's been it's been hell for him. So uh, I want him to be rested. Uh, no, we're not. We're not. We're not doing. Uh, we're not pull. We're not at the point now where we have to pull people out uh, when they're at you know eighty percent fitness and get them on the pitch. We we respect our players. We want to get them out um, uh, when so, only, uh, only when they're fit. So, so did Caleb move to a place that had running water this time? <laughs> I mean, I, I had running water. This last I, place I had. Assume, it. I just assume you know being in in, in the in the Georgia countryside. He yeah. was using that outhouse. Yeah, so, it's it's yes. Like, there's in, there's, glad, in, there's indoor plumbing now. <laughs> I'm glad Caleb's moving on up to indoor it's, plumbing. Hopefully, he can reach up. electricity sooner rather than later. <laughs> Tell you what, man, those <laughs> gas lamps are romantic. Uh, thanks, Devin, uh, yeah. for, for joining us tonight. Thanks, Jordan, uh, as always. And if you if, have a good night, Devo. <laughs> if if you will, please, Jordan, uh, let us uh, give us a good let's sign go eat, Let's go. Let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's go eat some pies. Everybody enjoy your Premier League weekend, and we will see you this time next week.